This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. doing tonight? Sweet. I love to hear it. It's nice when people are excited, you know. It's it's fun to be excited. Anybody excited to be here tonight? Yeah. So have you guys, have you guys ever paid attention to warning labels? Do you ever, raise your hand if you even look at a warning label. A couple people, mostly older people in the room. Mm. Yeah. Well, there are some things on warning labels that can be a little weird, some things that you would never expect to see on a warning label. And, and there's some things that you're like, why does that even have a warning label on it? It's so weird. And I looked up a couple of examples. And one example is there is a warning label on a chainsaw that says, do not hold the wrong end of the chainsaw. That, yeah, it's kind of obvious, right? Like, you'd think, don't do that. But there apparently is a warning label because someone has probably done that before. Or maybe, do you guys know what a sun shield is on the car? So there's these sun shields that people put in their front windshield, and they put it in there when they park, and the main purpose of that is to, you know, keep their car from getting too hot, protect their dash, that kind of thing. But there's a warning label on them, and it says, do not drive with the sunshield in place. Wow. Just, wow. That thing covers the entire windshield. Why do they have to have a warning label on there that says, don't drive with this in place? There's also a label on a washing machine that says, warning, do not put any person in this washer, which... I think, I think we can ignore that one. That one sounds like fun, but that's just me. Maybe listen to it. Somebody smarter than me put it on there. There's also one that I found on a baby stroller that says, remove child before folding. <laughs> see, these are, these are pretty funny. Like, it's funny to see these warning labels. And, but you start to think, like, wait a second. Like, have people actually done these things before? Like, there's a reason that warning label's on there. So maybe, I mean, someone somewhere, some mother somewhere has, has put her baby in the stroller and then got home and just folded it up? I don't know. 
the dad. That's smart. Yeah, I love it. Smart thinking. See, these warnings, they show up anywhere. They show up whether it's on a sunshield or a stroller or a washing machine. But there's even warnings at church, right? And in fact, maybe we feel like that we are being warned about more things at church than anywhere else in our life. We feel like constantly at church, all we're doing is being warned of something. And see, we've, we've heard warnings against all kinds of activities and choices. For the most part, all of those activities and choices and these warnings, they boil down to one word, and that word is sin. See, just, just hearing the word brings this kind of negative feeling over the room. Even saying the word, hearing it, it just makes it feel negative. See, whether you've been coming to church for a super long time, it's something that you've been doing your whole life, as long as you can remember, or maybe this is your first time here, the idea of sin is something that's probably a little bit familiar, right? See, we understand that sin is something that's bad and that we should avoid. We understand that. But isn't it also true that whenever it comes to sin, we tend to think of it as like this sliding scale. Like we think about different sins and how they weigh. Here's what I mean. When we think of sin, we think that it's bad, but surely there, there are some sins that are worse than others, right? There's gotta be stuff that's worse. Like of course, we shouldn't be disrespectful to our mother or our father, but that's a lot better than murder, right? Or maybe, like, we, we probably don't need to tell a lie. Like, that, we know that's wrong, but at least, we're not, at least we're not stealing from people. Or we know that we shouldn't tweet, cheat, cheat, tweet, cheat, tweet. We know that we shouldn't cheat on the quiz or the test, but that's not as big of a deal as just beating the crap out of somebody. And eventually, this all leads to this one single question. It's, does all sin matter the same? Does all sin matter the same? See, is it possible that we're overreacting about the sin that, that doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal? Like, how much damage do these smaller sins actually do? Especially if they're not really hurting anybody. See, when it comes to copying someone else's homework or breaking curfew or telling a small lie, it seems so harmless. So it definitely, it shouldn't be taken as seriously, right? Like, who cares? See, we're going to answer some of these questions, and we're going to look back at this book of Galatians that we've been talking about in this series. We've spent the past couple of weeks here learning from Paul and learning what he was teaching to the Galatians. And just to recap, this book of Galatians isn't really a book at all. It's this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. He was one of the most famous missionaries who's ever lived, and he wrote to a church of new followers of Jesus. And to best understand what Paul is saying and why it's important to know that Christianity was a new thing, see, people were just hearing about this. They were just hearing about this Jesus guy for the first time, and when they heard the story of his life, his death, and his resurrection, people were hooked. They're like, that's awesome. I want to be a part of that. 
That's something new. That's something different. That's something that I can be a part of. See, Jesus came to show this picture of God because after all, he was God. He talked about God's kingdom coming to earth, not with force or with violence, but with with love and with mercy and with compassion. See, people were seeing God in a way that they had never seen God before. This just really caught their attention. See, this was something that they wanted to be a part of. But of course, this came with a lot of questions. Everybody was trying to figure out just what following Jesus should look like in their world. Particularly, they wanted to know what they had to do and what they did not need to do. Basically, they were thinking the same thing that we sometimes think. What about this sliding scale of sin? See, when it came to sin, they wanted to know what was a big deal and what wasn't. And Paul answers the question by writing this. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. See, you, you may wonder what that answer really has to do with the question. And at the time, the people would have understood this answer because they lived in this agricultural culture. Like their entire economy, it revolved around what was planted, what was grown, and what was sold. So this audience, they would have got it. They would have understood what Paul was saying. He's saying that when it comes to farming, like you reap what you sow. What you, what you plant is what you're going to grow. So if you plant corn, you're eventually going to grow a corn stalk. See, what you plant now, it determines what you're going to harvest later. So when Paul compared these choices, these outcomes that we choose to do, to planting and harvesting, his audience understood exactly what he was trying to say. Paul was telling them that your choices now will determine what you're going to eventually harvest in your life. So what's true for crops is true for our life as well. So to put it another way, he's saying that your decisions, they're going to bear fruit or they're going to have consequences. It may not happen tomorrow, but every choice and every action that you make is planting seeds for your future. Paul's asking them, if you will one day harvest what you've planted, then what do you want your harvest to look like? And instead of giving the Galatians like a simple list of what sins to avoid and what sins can be taken a little less seriously, Paul tells the Galatians this, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. And that's really strong language. Like, that's, that's blunt, that's to the point. But Paul feels really strongly about this. See, Paul loved these people that he was talking to. He wanted them to know that their choices affected their future. He's telling them that bad choices lead to bad outcomes. 
It's just, that's just how life works. If you make bad choices, there's going to be bad outcomes. So while it may seem like Paul is, is answering a question that we aren't asking, like we're asking him about sin and which one matters more, the truth is he's getting right to the heart of this matter. See, if we're wondering what, what sins matter more than others, he's telling us that's the wrong question. You're not even asking the right question. Instead of asking, what can I get away with? Paul says that we should be asking, what do I want to harvest? Because every action has a harvest. It never just stands alone with no consequences. There's always an effect. So maybe you're someone who doesn't consider gossip a big deal. You don't really see how it's hurting anybody. But if you continually plant gossip, then you'll eventually get the results of gossip. You may ruin a friendship this year if you keep gossiping. Or maybe the harvest will happen sometime in the future. Maybe someone will carry those, those hurtful words that you were saying about them for years and years and years afterward in their life. Or if you continually choose not to study and just to cheat on everything that you do, just to pass these certain classes in high school, just to make it through, then you may not have that foundation that you need for the advanced courses in college. And you're lost and you're confused and you have no idea what you're doing because you cheated your way all the way through. Or if you continue to tell lies about everything, then you may not be trusted by anyone in the future. See, if you continue to use drugs, alcohol, or sex to cope with the bad things happening in your life, then you may harvest addiction, long-term effects on your body, or just an inability to deal with stuff that life throws at you. See, when we change the question from, what can I get away with, to what do I want to harvest, it changes everything that we're even talking about. See, the good news is, though, is that what Paul says, it also works the other way. It's not just a negative thing. If you're planting good decisions, you're going to experience a harvest of life, a fulfilling thing. If you're planting the stuff that gives life, the stuff that Jesus talks about, like, like joy, peace, rest, compassion, then you're going to grow those things. See, they're going to take root in your life. Jesus said it this way in John 10.10. He says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Some translators, they use the word abundant or full here instead of rich. So for a second, think of an abundant or full harvest of things like, like peace, joy, and satisfaction in your life. See, I'd love for us as, as a church family, as a church body, to start asking the questions, what seeds do I want to plant? And 
what kind of things do I want to grow? I want that to be the filter for how we make decisions. See, for some of us, we've spent like a really big part of our life just asking the wrong questions. And I, I get that, though. Like, it's a lot easier to just know if you can do something or if you can't. It's so much easier to know how bad something is or if it's okay or if it's just a little worse than this one. Like, it's just easier. But asking the wrong questions, that leads us to harvesting the wrong things. And we don't want to end up somewhere years and years down the road wondering how we got there. One day we look up and we have no idea how our life ended up the way that it has. See, if we use our freedoms to ask, is this helpful? Is this kind? Is this the way to an abundant life that Jesus talked about? Then we are way more likely to end up where we want to be, like growing what we want to grow in life. See, this is true of absolutely all of us. How you use your freedom now, it determines how much freedom that you have later. So do you want your parents to give you more freedom later in life? Then plant trust, respect, and honor now. Like, do you want healthy friendships later in life? Then plant kindness, honesty, and compassion now. See, think about it this way. Paul, he talked about harvesting what you plant. In school now, you, you can choose to make decisions that build, that build trust, that build love with, with the people like your parents or teachers. See, every time you make those decisions, it's like planting a little bit more trust. Or you can use your talents that you have now in a way that plants seeds of hard work and humility in your future. Or you can use your time now that plants seeds of good habits and responsibility. See, the way that you use your freedom now, it's going to have an effect on your future. And the way you use the freedom you have now when it comes to things like trust, talent, and time, it plants seeds for those areas of your life and how they're going to look when you're older. See, whether that's in a year, five years, or even 50 years, the way that you plant seeds now is going to determine the number of things like trust with other people, work ethic, and responsibility that, that you can have in the future. See, this is the way that freedom works. Like how you use your freedom now, it determines how much of it that you get in the future. See, and following Jesus is all about freedom and about life. And Jesus wants you to harvest this, this great and abundant life. See, but we don't start with just harvesting things. You have to start a harvest with planting. And even before that, you need to know what it is that you need to plant. 
See, Jesus came to earth. He showed us by example what we needed to be planting. These seeds of, of trust, of love, of hope, of peace. And then he, then he died for all of humanity's sin so that we could be free from the chains of this world. We first have to realize that we need Jesus in all of this. See, in order to plant the right things and in turn harvest the right things, we need Jesus. We can't do it by ourselves. So recognizing our need for a Savior is the first step. Then following his lead is the next. And then you need to know that when it comes to planting and harvesting, like we aren't saying that, that the harvesting effects of sin or the consequences of sin is, is just God punishing you or being out to get you in life. It's really about us harvesting the natural consequences of sin. God isn't out to get us. God is trying to protect us from the consequences of our sin. See, that's why God wants you to use the freedom that you have now to plant the kinds of things that, that create the life that God wants for you. See, sin always comes with a warning label. And those labels aren't God's way of, of threatening you, of scaring you, or, or trying to make you feel guilty. See, God gives us warning labels so that we can experience this kind of freedom that comes from, from planting and harvesting things, the things that are truly best for our lives. See, in that kind of planting, and that kind of harvesting, it leads to the kind of freedom and the kind of future that we all really, really want. So sometimes it can be hard to figure out just what we want to harvest long-term. But that's why we have tribe groups, and that's why you have this community and have tribe leaders in your life. And that's why it's so important to have them. See, this is how we talk through the big questions with people, going through the same exact things or with a leader who will help you. So whenever we head back into worship here in just a second, I want you guys to be thinking of how you can encourage each other to plant seeds today that lead to more freedom in the future. Because we can't do this alone, and we need each other. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the example that Jesus gives us on how to plant good seeds in our life. Seeds that will result in a, a fulfilling life, one that, that honors you, but also one that is full of freedom. So I pray today that we wouldn't worry about which sins are worse or what, what kind of sliding scale there is, but we would only worry about planting seeds that lead to a fulfilling harvest in our life. That we would plant seeds of trust, of peace, of love now so that as we live our lives, that those are the things that we harvest. I pray that you would give us the confidence to encourage each other to plant these seeds and to call each other out when we see us not. 
pray that you would just be with each and every one of us. Help us to know just how loved we are by you and that you're with us every step of the way. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.